Welcome back to Cozy Chat. My name is Corey, and I go by he, him, his. I'm Sasha. I go by she, her, and Aya. Um, I am Maxine Antoine. I go by she, her, hers. Yes. And welcome. For those of you who are returning, thank you for joining us once again. And for any new listeners out there, thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and chill with us. So we have a few things to talk about today. But before we get into any of that, uh, how has everyone been? Um, For those of you who are new to the channel, we are a bi-weekly podcast. So, you know, and we also don't meet up in person when we record we actually do this virtually so it's been a while since we've really like seen each other and like really gotten to converse so mm-hmm. you know how has everyone been how's your week life easter just passed so i'm not sure if anyone celebrates you know resurrection sunday or they celebrate mm. any other type mm. of things connected to like fertility with easter or they just like the easter bunny so <laughs> you know, how has everyone's life been? Well, things have been all right on my end. I've just been, like always, work and school. I'm a non-practicing Catholic, so I did nothing with Easter. But my Easter weekend was just full of midterms. Yeah, don't miss those. <laughs> oh, wait, I was supposed to go. Sorry. <laughs> That's why there was a pause. Okay. Ignore the pause, guys. Okay. My week, well, past two weeks, I've been okay, I say. Easter, I was on a shoot, my shoot. <laughs> and um, what you call it, it was a pretty long day that Easter. But um, yeah, I'm not religious, I'm more spiritual. So it's dope. Easter's dope because um, we, um, we do the Easter egg hunt with our brother and um, get them excited about scavenger hunting, I guess. And, um, yeah, and this week it was just rough because I had to work, like, a 12-hour shift and then a 10-hour shift constantly back and forth. So I was just really, really exhausted for the most part. That sounds like a lot. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, I, I, okay, I am culturally Christian. I, okay, I technically still consider <laughs> myself a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um. I gave myself to Jesus and all the things. Whether you would classify me as a practicing Christian at the moment is up for interpretation, I guess. Um, So yeah, it's not like I went to church or anything. Actually, for Easter, I was in Philly with my girlfriend to have a relaxing getaway, you know, a little anniversary getaway for just, just us. So I was kind of chilling in Philly for that weekend. Nice city. First time I've ever been there. Uh, Went to like the art museum, took pictures with the statue of Rocky, all the little touristy things that tourists do when they visit a city. So it was pretty good. Uh, 
weekend easter weekend for me oh that's so cute yeah that's yeah. nice haven't taken a vacation since before the pandemic yeah yeah i don't even know what that means <laughs> it's quite sad <laughs> yeah i'm one of the few people who are probably still i don't want to say like actively active and moving around during the pandemic but i was like chilling there, yeah there, i had some movement during the pandemic um of course every every everything was very carefully calculated as far as like where it was going what are the numbers looking like you know making sure everyone has you know safe and da 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 uh having caught covid yet you know and hopefully i won't be catching it anytime soon so you know still moving around in like our now new post covid world making sure to stay as safe as possible that's good though that's Keep nice mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i'm gonna yeah, try to take stuff. a vacation end of may we'll see how that works out yeah. yeah, you gotta keep us updated, and maybe I'll vacation when I'm dead. That's the type of lifestyle I live. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, don't um, worry, listeners. We are going to make sure Maxine gets an actual vacation. For those of you who don't know, now you know Maxine is like a workaholic, so we're gonna make sure <laughs> she like takes time out to take care of herself. It's so hard though, <laughs> I don't know how to vacation. like what do you do? You just like, I'm just imagining a beach, for example, right? On a beach mm-hmm. vacation. And it's like, you're laying down on the beach, like, ah, nice sun, blue sky, water, sand. Okay, what's next? Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, well, that's I mean, all, you could do that at the beach over here if you want yeah. to go to the beach. But like, you know, <laughs> a vacation doesn't have to be like you just doing nothing, right? Because some people think, mm-hmm. oh, I can, j- I just do nothing and I just sit around and do nothing. And that's mm-hmm. not necessarily true. If you're an active person and you like to be active, you know, then you can be active in a different way that doesn't require you to exhaust this, like, the same amount of, the same type of labor that you do when you're working, right? Yeah. If you like to be active, then go be active at a museum. Go be active at an aquarium. Go to the zoo. If, yeah. you're, if you're a person who just has energy and stuff like that, you know, feel free to go hiking or go, Go do go do all the things that yeah. you say that you always wanted to do, but mm. you never quote unquote have time to do because you're always working, right? Yeah. You want to go travel and see whatever, then hop on that Greyhound bus or hop on that Amtrak and you go, you know, explore that city that you've always wanted to explore. Yeah. Or you know, you go to that diner or that food spot you always wanted to go to and try it out you take a walk around your town or your city, you know, go to a jazz show or go to (gasps) a little live concert. Again. Mind blown. Yeah, hopefully. I am. These are all great ideas. Yeah, there's lots of things like being being on vacation or like taking a break doesn't mean you necessarily have to be quote unquote inactive. Like yeah. you can still be active and do stuff and have fun, yeah. you know, as a busy person. Even if you're like, even if you're still kind of that person who likes to plan everything out to the detail and over plan and da da da. Yeah. <laughs> like the type of person needs a vacation from their vacation, but you can still yeah. like enjoy yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah. No. I agreed with everything except the hiking because that's a lot of work. Oh yeah. I mean if you're not if you're not if a you're not a buff, nature person, you know, you hiking's not for you. Yeah, that's ironic though, because I literally did a nature shoot. So I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> I should like nature enough since I did a yeah. nature shoot. But mm. hmm. you never know. It never know. I was like lately I've been watching a lot of um National Geographic. So I was like, I don't know if I want to be out in nature. I like to watch people in nature more than I like to be out in nature myself. Yeah. You know, I had a wild dream. I don't know if it was last night or the night before, but it totally relates to this. I know it's random. But um, whatchamacallit? I was dreaming about, oh my God, what if like this is post-apocalypse and like I was by myself all alone, like a cave woman, but Mm -hmm. I I knew language, but this is like, you know, when the world explodes or something and I just happen to survive it because I'm special or whatever, you know? And I just like, I'm in a cave and like writing with rocks and like I'm trying to find food and I'm the only one, I'm the only survivor with a bunch of animals. And then like, I have to fight a lion and everything. But it's like, that's crazy. That's so crazy. I'm just like, oh my God, I woke up. I was like, God, thank you for civilization. Wow. (laughs) That's an intense dream. That is an intense dream. I was, I fought a lion in my dream. And then like I survived because some random people came and then they were like, go. And I was like, okay. And so I ran away. <laughs> so you let them, you so, let them get eaten by the lion. You did. Like, yeah, I did. Like, hey, if I y'all want to fight the lion, be my friend. <laughs> <I'm out> <laughs> and then like, I was struggling to find water. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I was like, every time I would like, I had my steak and then I would throw it in water. Like, it was just poisonous. So the water was poisonous. And I was so dehydrated. And then I was just like, oh, my God. Now I have to make effort to create a new stick again. So, like, I'm in the cave with my little pit fire or whatever. And I'm, like, carving the little, like, cane, like, in Moses or whatever. It was crazy. But, like, it made me so grateful for civilization. Wow. If the zombie apocalypse ever happened. <laughs> man, at least we know you have a jump on it. Yeah, Um, right? Like, I'm already thinking about it. Speaking of zombie apocalypse, I'm not sure exactly when this happened, but there's this girl, uh, uh, I think her name is Nay. She's on TikTok. She's from the Bronx. And she put up this, like, TikTok about, like, Fox News was talking about how to survive of a zombie apocalypse. What? She was like, Fox News, what are you talking about? (laughs) respectfully like with the whole Bronx accent she's like respectfully you need to tone it down (laughs) I mean it's I know COVID in 2020 had a stinking there might be a zombie apocalypse (laughs) outbreak or that the world was just gonna implode on itself but Mm -hmm. this isn't the walking dead you know (laughs) We're, we're gonna keep we're just gonna keep it pushing yeah <laughs> yeah dead people like, stay dead <laughs> hopefully hopefully even though <laughs> if you, you do if, if there were a zombie outbreak or some sort of i don't even say infectious disease outbreak because we just had a know, very COVID. infectious disease <laughs> But if you were trying to get away from, like, a zombie plague or something, there are places in the world you could theoretically go where Mm. 
you'd be less likely to be infected or get infected, right? Hmm. Uh, particularly, particularly if you're not afraid or opposed to cold climates. Oh um, no, I'm dead. <laughs> I am dead. No. I mean, that's all I'm oh. going to say on the matter. Y'all, <laughs> listeners, y'all can do your own research. Uh, because I'm not giving uh, away my hiding spot in case the zombie plays. Well, I'm gonna die, so I have none. So that's clear. <laughs> I am a child of the sun till the day I die. Okay, oh, I am man. not fighting the cold or no blizzard. Like no, you know, even this week, okay, at work, I was complaining about 68 degree weather. Okay, 68. That's- oh my goodness, 68 is warm. Not, yo, this past I know. week I've been outside. <laughs> Sweating in my little jacket and hoodie, talking about oh my goodness, it's so hot. Like, but that's good weather when you're sweating. <laughs> exactly, and it's only been like sixty-eight degrees. No, but it felt what you call at nighttime. It feels cold. Like okay. I just felt so oh, cold. Oh yeah, we yeah, were we were talking about that. That it feels cold at night, but yeah, I was freezing. Yeah. That's like the blanket. difference between like a seventy-five degrees when the sun's out, and then a seventy-five degrees when it's cloudy. Like. Sure, they're both mm-hmm. 75 degrees, but those are two different 75 degrees. Exactly. Yeah. That's why, like, literally every time I came home from work, I would literally put two covers on, put my unicorn onesie, and then <laughs> go to sleep. I'm not lying to God about that. I do have a unicorn onesie. Oh. Yo, <laughs> I just don't this, have the horn. This is a... So, technically, <laughs> it's not a unicorn. It's only a horse. Yeah. No! It's white! <laughs> Wait, it's there a are white, white horse. horses. There's no, white wait. horses. It doesn't, it doesn't look jolly like a horse, okay? It looks like a unicorn, okay? <laughs> oh, unicorn, unicorn, what does the, the unicorn, unicorn really look like? Exactly. The whole aesthetic of a unicorn is a horse with a horn on it. If it okay. don't got the horn, it's not a... <laughs> it, has, it has the pictures of the pictures of the unicorn, but I don't have the horn okay. attached to it. But it's okay. there on my body. Okay, so that makes yes. sense. Yes, so it's a unicorn horn. Um, what you? <laughs> you just you're about to say unicorn horse. <laughs> no, no, it's a, <laughs> I was about to say unicorn onesie. Don't trip me out, people. <laughs> and they're heavy covers. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my goodness! Well, enjoy your unicorn without the horn onesie. Yes, with my two covers, huge covers. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> two. It was crazy. Like, stick to one weather, spring. Stick to one. I feel well, like spring is. It's warm soon. Spring is, like, do. lately, spring has been switching up. Like, it'd be like winter sometimes. Yeah. Spring yeah. is like second winter. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or like just re- too cold. Or like a really mild fall. Like yeah, you'd figure fall would be pretty like colder than spring, but sometimes it's like a like, second I remember summer. like last year, mm. it was like didn't it was like what? A second. It was summer. like raining, and it was cold all the way. Like even in like early June, it was still cold. It wasn't until like one week. It was just like it was still like 60 or 70 degrees in June. And then the next yeah. week it just spiked to 80 and then never looked back. It was mm. so it was like, we oh. had just like an extended cold spring until like the second or third week of June. It was weird. 
Honestly, yeah. I have no idea what the weather was like. I spent like 90% of my time in the house all of last year. <laughs> well, to be fair, I think a lot of people spent 90% of their time in the house oh. for 2020. Like literally only time I went out was on Saturday to go shopping. Mm -hmm. So people yeah. were talking about like, oh, it's hot outside. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what was, hot is. Exactly. I was warm. <laughs> Like, I'd be wearing fleece pajamas to work. Like, wow. That's the mm. life. Yeah. In Just the fall, come down and like sit at my dining room table desk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. In the fall, it was the best because it was like the second summer and I'm a fall baby. So I was like, ooh, I get the feel of summer on my birthday. Oh my God. So, mm. yeah. That's, I guess that's one good thing for Yeah, it was pretty warm around warming. my birthday too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I went out to dinner the day after and it was warm. I didn't even have like a jacket on. Nice. So, quick that's question for you guys. Quick have answer. Either have you any either of you guys been vaccinated yet? Or Oh my not? god! Okay. Um. <laughs> hey, I'm just you know, ah. I'm just asking because people are gonna ask, so we might as well just get it out of the way. So uh, I have not been vaccinated yet. So me just neither. That out there. Yeah. I'm like, my plan is, I know for a definite in the fall I'm gonna be going back into the office in some kind of capacity. It's not gonna be every day, apparently. Mm -hmm. But I was like, by the fall, I want to have a vaccine in me. If I'm going to be going to Manhattan on a regular basis, I would feel safer mm -hmm. with a vaccine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I haven't been vaccinated yet. I'm just like, I'm just going to wait a little bit longer. <laughs> just put <laughs> just it off as bit. long as possible. As long as I possibly can. Just because, like, I don't feel comfortable with <laughs> With the vaccine, like, okay, I'm going to tell y'all something, okay? Mm -hmm. There was, um, I think it was the Pfizer, I think that's their name, right? Yeah. Now, you have mm -hmm. to, you guys have to fact check me on this, okay? But I saw it or heard it somewhere, okay? Um, but the leader of that Pfizer company literally said, like, he wants, he wishes the um, um, quarantine would continue on because they're making so much money off of the vaccines. And I'm just like, that literally chilled me to the bone marrow because, okay, yeah, because, like, you have somebody as a leader saying a comment like that, saying that they are making so much money off of the vaccine, they wish it would continue, knowing that so many people have died from COVID-19 and everything. So I'm just like, that made me so uncomfortable. It's like, what are you, do you even, like, check what you're putting in that vaccine? You know, like, are you making sure it's good or you're just putting anything in it just because you're making money, you know? So for me, like, I just want to wait a little longer until, like, it's, uh, I feel trust, more trusted with it. I'm not sure because I'm, like, look, I'm Googling and I don't really see anything that says that. You don't see it? It's probably on Instagram that I saw it. Oh, I don't trust yeah. Instagram. <laughs> yeah. It could be anybody mama on Instagram posting That's that. so true. That is so true. But, but at the same time, yeah. I, at I'm the not same surprised time, I wouldn't be surprised. 
I right? wouldn't because be surprised, so... but I also don't trust Instagram yeah. for news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, for me, like, I, I usually don't, but for that, I believed because CEOs, they're very, like, to me, in my opinion, they are going to think about profit over people, you know, like, they're not going to see people on the same level. So for me personally, hearing that, seeing that, I was just like a little iffy about it because I would much rather have it like tested as much as possible, not on people, like if we could prevent it, but just really like them making sure that it's okay, you know, because I don't feel comfortable. Like it just came out like and then Fauci, I think what last year he even said that it takes a long time for a vaccine to really be good. So I just, I just don't feel like being a guinea pig. That's all. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's um, understandable. That is understandable. And I can also understand how, you know, anyone who would see, who would see that type of like quote or statement floating around social media, we already know that like big pharma and all the things like, you know, there's more money to be made in treating a disease or treating something versus mm-hmm. curing it because once it's cured you know what are you going to do next you can't but as long as you're treating something you could continue to build them for as long as possible. you know yeah. as possible um so i'm not i don't know entirely i don't know all about where i stand on that statement mostly because i haven't heard it and but i wouldn't be surprised but i also don't feel like that has any bearing too much on like whether or not people should get the vaccine because at the end of the day the people who made it are going to profit off it regardless, you know, so we can't make our decisions based off whether someone's going to profit off the fact that we're doing what we need to do to keep ourselves healthy and safe, you know, because there's always going to be someone at the end of the line who's going to profit. Yeah. Uh, for That's my, yeah. for myself, I, again, like I said, I haven't gotten it yet. Um, I do know a few people who have gotten it or in the process, like, you know, they've gotten the first shot and then they have to wait a month to get the second shot or whatever. And I've got, I've heard like mixed things. You know, there's some people who just have the soreness of the arm and that's about it. There's some people who get mild flu-like symptoms for like a day afterwards. Then I know some people tell me like, yo, like, you know, they had shakes and chills and like they were feverish and it was just like an awful time. I mean, either way, the symptoms only last a day after you get the shot. So it's like you get the shot and then the next day afterwards, you feel like crap, you know, then the day after that, you're usually back to, you're relatively back to normal. So for my part, I like, I'm a bit nervous, like, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a bit nervous to get it and then have to go through like, you know, chills and shakes and fever dreams and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, definitely want to be like ratchet out in these streets for the summer. So <laughs> you'll have to get it. You'll have to get it eventually. Eventually, I'll get it. Um, but I do think there's been like this mm-hmm. weird. Not only say weird. I don't know. I remember seeing like um, a few posts on social media with people kind of talking about like. The fact that everyone is taking pictures of their COVID ID vaccination cards. Yeah. Like hold them up like this is my I voted sticker. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of strange to me. 
it's like they're getting vaccinated and they need clout more like yeah. it i mean on the yeah. one hand on the one hand i get it it's like after 2020 and after so much you know happened and people lost you know loved ones and everything it's kind of like this thing where it's like you know what especially with so many mixed messages about the vaccine there are a lot yeah. of people who just want to kind of put themselves out there like hey i believe in what's going on so here's my here's me putting you know my money or whatever where my mouth is like you yeah. know i went and got the vaccine and i did it because i care about whatever and i think i well i think it's fair to want to do that so i'm just kind of like i mean on the one hand do i need everyone telling me what their medical things are not really but at the same time do i understand why they're doing it yeah i can see that too yeah, yeah. i mean uh, i just i don't know i just feel so weird about this because like no one like really like you know announces that oh hey i got my flu shot like i don't know like some people will like announce that they got their flu shot and whatnot but like those are people who are just like they want to announce everything about their lives you know but like mm. literally with COVID 19 it's like as soon as you get vaccinated it's the post that you make and mm -hmm. i don't know like it's weird because you wouldn't post that if god forbid like i don't know what's something that i could say I don't know, like, let's say if you have, like, an autoimmune disease, you want to post that and be like, hey, I got a shot for my autoimmune disease. Like, you want to post it. No, but, like, with COVID-19, people feel bold to post their vaccination cards and everything. And, you know, do you. That's your business. But it's just weird because now it makes strangers emboldened to ask, you know, other people, like, hey, did you get vaccinated? Did you get vaccinated? Did you get vaccinated? Get your vaccination card. It's like, okay stop getting into my business you know you're a stranger you're not my family yeah. member you're not my friend you're not even my romantic partner and here you are asking personal medical questions you know yeah i think that i've never had anybody ask me yeah, i, think I that's have really... that's why it's so weird i think that's kind of inappropriate um again like we're here doing what we do and of course we were planning to talk about the vaccine which is why we brought it up right but you know, to walk up to a personal, to walk up to a, like a stranger or just to have like a random conversation with a random person and be like, so did you get vaccinated yet? Or da, 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 da. Again, that is kind of weird, right? You know, like you don't need to know if I've gotten all my shots and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Again, I feel like you're an employer or I, again, I don't even know how much an employer needs to know, but I guess- They don't even ask. In, in, a, in a certain sense, they probably do, right? But I do mm -hmm. think this idea of like, you know, now everyone wants to know what your entire medical history is as far as like, did you get this vaccine or that vaccine? It is very odd, particularly like, you know, companies and like, particularly when it comes to travel, talking about, oh, you need to have like a, like a vaccine pass, like a COVID-19 pass, talking about you had your vaccination in order to travel or do anything. And I don't know, that feels like a very like particularly slippery slope to like to traverse. Uh, airlines and stuff like that, wanting to like require people to have like a, like an ID that says that they have their vaccinations before they fly anywhere, right? 
again, that sounds very weird to me. thinking about because I was I've been reading like reviews of that show on Amazon Prime them oh I don't plan on watching that nope not at all based on the reviews I'm just like I'm not here for it it's just like what we were talking about but all this black trauma yeah these black these like struggle or whatever narratives it's like you got racial horror taken to the max. Yeah, and sexual violence and child murder. Yeah, harm against black children. And it's like, you know what? And the unfortunate part is that a lot of people are like putting like putting heat on Lena Waithe because her name's attached to it, right? And of course the show was putting her name at the forefront too, executive produced by like Lena Waithe. Evidently she is the executive producer for like two episodes, like, you know, two episodes. Um, And there's so, and pretty much the rest of, not the completely, I think there's maybe one other black person attached to the project that I saw from like the, the IMDB. But like, there's just a list of just white people attached to this project, producing, writing, and directing, and all the things. And it's like, and you can feel it. You can see it. Sure, it's a very beautiful uh, project. You know, aside from the fact that the project is very obviously trying to replicate and mimic Jordan Peele's work. Um, Yeah. And not in a creative, like... I would put my own spin on it sort of way. Like even from like the the way the covers are shot and like just from like the the promo, you know, the promo, it's like, it feels like they're just like kind of ripping, you know, Jordan Peele's style from like, um, from like Us and from Get Out. But at the same time, from what I hear, it's like, there's trauma, but then there's this level of like care that's missing. For example, I remember I was talking with someone about, um, for the listeners, for those of you who are just kind of whatever, uh, there's this YouTuber who I think is amazing and I love watching her work, Just Latasha on YouTube. In one of her discussions, she was talking about if Bill Street could talk, right? And you know, just some of the different projects by like Barry Jenkins and different, you know, Black artists and like filmmakers, right? And there's a reason why I could pro- I could sit through if Beale Street could talk. There is pain in it, but I could sit through if Beale Street could talk again and enjoy it as just like a work of art, right? But... I have no plans to ever, and I think it's a mass, I think on, on some level it's, it's a bit of a masterpiece, but this, I will probably never, ever watch Queen and Slim ever again, right? Agreed. From like an artistic standpoint, I think it's beautiful and gorgeous and, you know, some of like the words and poetic language in it, it's like, 
great. Um, but the, the movie is problematic on different levels, you know, from just on different levels, right? But I think the main reason why I could watch if Bill Street could talk again, then I could sit through it and kind of enjoy it, but I can't with Queen and Slim, is that there is a level of care that is being given in like if Bill Street could talk that isn't in Queen and Slim. Like Queen and Slim, you know, particularly with the way it ends and stuff like that, it's just traumatizing and painful for the sake of being traumatizing and painful. But if Bill Street can talk, again, sure there's pain in it, but that's not necessarily what the story is about. You know, the story is about everything else and there's this level of care about everything else that's going on. And there's this like, along with it being beautiful and everything else, there's, there's so many other elements and there's so much more care in that film, right? The same, the same thing with uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Sure, the, the, the main story is about, you know, this FBI informant and the death of a very important and prolific member, leader within the Black Panther Party, right? Um, they even show parts of the incident on camera, right? But even then, I still think there's a level of care and humanity given to the characters. Even, spoiler alerts for anyone who hasn't seen Judas and the Black Messiah, but it's been out for a minute already um, as of the recording of this episode. But even when they're showing the storming of the Black Panther house and the murder of Chairman Fred Hampton, right? This like... It kind of it like it happens, but it kind of happens off panel, right? Versus like, for example, going with Queen and Slim, where like they're like shot and brutally murdered right in front of right in front of us, and like the most like again, it's it's the most shock value triggering and traumatic way possible. Yeah, I know I've probably been going on a long tangent with just to talk about them, but. Again, from everything I've been getting from all the different reviews, particularly from back people, and that's no surprise, that's really the only opinion I really care about in regards to this show. It's a relatively good show, right? But there's this common theme where they're like, yeah, it was painful to watch and it was triggering to watch. And like, it, it's good, but it's not enjoyable to sit through, right? So the fact that they are pushing so heavily Lena Waite's name in order to sell it to Black people, you know, and also there are certain Black people who are already kind of like iffy with Lena Waite because of Queen of Slim and how like yeah. triggering that movie is that they're now putting the blame for this show on Lena Waithe, which is very unfair to her because again, she's just the executive producer for like a tiny portion of the show, but this show has like so many other hands in it and you can yeah. kind of feel it you know, within like the rest of like, within everything that's going on. It's like, yeah, the show's nice and it, whatever, but it's, there's a very obvious level of care missing from the project, mm. which other, you know, black creatives were, would have been more likely to bring to a show like this. Mm. Yeah, I didn't realize how many like white people were involved. Because mm-hmm. I was... The reason I was thinking about it is because I 
saw I'm in a black filmmakers group and they had this somebody posted a review and there was just like arguments going on in the comments between people who thought it was traumatic and thought it was not a great show and people were like um there was people who were like oh it was a great show I don't know why people don't like it another another like um group of people were like well if you like if you're gonna criticize this show us your work you don't have a right to criticize this if you don't have a body of work like this and it's just like that's it was, false it was people it have was, a whole career based on critiquing other people's work exactly They're called critics exactly like my so sometimes like i'm honestly debating whether i still want to be in this black filmmaker group based on this one post because mm -hmm. the type of pe it seems like like to me it feels like some of the type of people in this group are not people i would gel with and i don't know if i want to be in a group like that but we'll see okay i know she's executive producer for the only two episodes but like you have to be careful what you decide to put your name on you know so like even if you know she you know, I understand you guys were saying, like, you know, you don't want to put the blame on her or anything. And I don't think the blame should go on her at the end of the day. But as executive producer, aren't they the ones who are usually putting in the money? So if she's funding the project, even if it's two episodes, then, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, she still has some say to it because she's like an investor. So yeah. the fact so, that she even invested in it, it's like, she's kind of the blame. <laughs> yeah. So I remember, and people mentioned that too. And then someone on Twitter, like, and someone on Twitter, I'm pretty sure it was Twitter had mentioned like when it comes to like when it comes to that stuff like with TV and stuff like that. Sometimes you'll be coming to like to people to like produce and put in money, and you'll only have like part of the script or you only have like mm. a few pages. So it's not like you know. So I don't want to assume that like Lena Waithe read the pilot and read like the entire or read the entire episodes for the two episodes, you know, she decided to put money up for, right? You know, mm -hmm. she probably uh, was, mm -hmm. she probably had a, a basic understanding of what like maybe the the theme or like the, the, the overall, not plot, but like a synopsis of what the show was gonna be. It was like, oh, this is a show. It's kind of like, da da da, you're gonna go for this like, get out us vibes that's pretty cool you know so it's hard to say how much she knew about the details the finer details of the show mm -hmm. again back when she was like oh yeah this is this seems like a dope project let me fund let me put money up or fund it or whatever right mm, yeah okay yeah that aspect i did not know about um but what you would call it, yeah you do have to like follow up and be careful of where you put your name on things you that know because true. if you you know like if you're going to put your name on a project you should like try to be more proactive in learning about the project not just for the two episodes that you're on you know because at the end of the day they're going to see your name and especially if you have a reputation of always doing something like that you know mm -hmm. and you don't want that reputation you should be more proactive you know in my opinion but i'm like in the process of reading reviews because i'm pretty sure i'm not gonna watch it though yeah. all all the trigger warnings have me like i'm not gonna be able to get through this at all yeah like 
honestly, I've avoided watching, like I avoid watching shows and movies and films that are prim- primarily about black pain, right? Like, kind of like what, you know, we were talking about last episode, was it last episode? Or the previous episode, we were talking about films a little bit, you know, there was a big stretch where there was only movies about black pain. It was slavery movie out every year. You had like, you know, the Butler and all these other things. You had the help. It was just black pain upon black pain upon black pain. You know, you had the remake for Roots. It was like, you know, and I did this to myself. I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch the remake of Roots because, you know, whatever. But then I watched... That like I watched a remake of Roots, and then I watched this other show that's like on Hulu or Amazon Prime or whatever, mm-hmm. called The Book of Negroes, which is a fantastic show. But at the same time, similar to like Roots and stuff like that, you know, dealing with slavery, it's just all this like black pain and stuff like that. And I was just like, you know what? I'm exhausted of all these type of films, and you know, sure I can. Like, there can be drama and there can be, like, loss and stuff like that. But I don't want to be, can keep consuming things where the primary focus is, like, overt racism and overt, like, Black suffering, right? And I think that's kind of the genius of, like, Jordan Peele's work, particularly when in reference to, like, say, Get Out, right? Where it's, like, he's dissecting the themes of racism and black pain and stuff like that. But in a way that's like, it's very different than the movies we were getting previous to that, right? And then you get Queen and Slim, which like, I thought was gonna be more of like, I mean, I guess it is a Bonnie and Clyde movie, especially if you watch Bonnie and Clyde and they get like shot down, whatever. But I don't know if it's like, if Queen and Slim ended the way Training Day ends, if it ended like that, maybe I could have more grace for it, but I think it purposefully ends very triggering. So, which is why I was just like, eh. yeah, thinking about it, I feel like a lot of those like black pain movies were meant for, they weren't meant for black audiences. Yeah. They were meant for white audiences. They were marketed to black audiences. They were marketed for black people to come and fill the seats. But, but they weren't the actual people us. they were meant for, like, they're meant for non-black audiences because they're meant to, like, show them and teach them, hey, this is, like, what you be doing to black people. But yeah. for black people watching it, it's just, like, a rehash of, like, pain that we live through yeah. on the daily anyway. Or, like, yeah. maybe Thinking not about- Especially when it comes to, I haven't watched Real Street yet. Um, that's on my watch list. But for Queen and Slim, when I when I first watched it, I loved it. And then, like on second thought, more like reading reviews, I was just like, "Shit, it's really problematic." Like I, I didn't. I feel like I had paid attention more to the cinematography than I did. Yeah, and it's and it's beautiful. The like actual like the cinematography plot. is so gorgeous. Like it was on point, but I feel like I spent more time on the cinematography and the romance rather than the whole movie. 
mm-hmm. itself. So I was just like, oh, okay, I was wearing ro- rose-colored glasses. And it feels like yet another movie that wasn't meant for Black audiences. What I'm slow, like, what I am really realizing from all of these shows and movies, like, even though it's coming from a Black creator does not mean it's meant for Black people and does not mean that it's going to be good. It can still be mediocre. It can still be not geared towards a Black audience. A show like a, a show from a Black creative being mediocre or not that great is fine. Like there's a whole bunch of garbage movies by like white filmmakers and stuff yeah, like that. True. that. But they become cult classics because we enjoy them for how cheesy and dumb and whatever they are, right? Yeah. So I think that's that. fine. So, you know, I don't think every single, you know, movie by a black creative needs to be a masterpiece yeah, that in order, too. To, in order to in order to deserve to exist. But I don't need every single movie from whether it's a, from a black creative or from it's being pushed by like, you know, white producers and executives and stuff like that. You know, I don't need all the stories to be about our pain and trauma. I was thinking about like how like there's a lot of black pain like movies right but mm-hmm. I feel like isn't it similar to like how Jewish people feel with like Holocaust movies like I'm but not I mean, Jewish but I wonder if they, that's how, how many they but uh, I mean how many Holocaust movies still come out right it's like sure maybe up to like the 90s or early 2000s there's still mm-hmm. a few Holocaust movies coming out yeah you know um, but like how many Holocaust movies that aren't documentaries, right? So if we're ignoring like documentaries, you know, for educational purposes, yeah, for research purposes and stuff like that, but how many like movie movies, dramatic ones? Yeah, how many dramatic narr- narrations about the yeah. Holocaust are still being made? Um, like, like, you know, like, a- like Diary of Anne Frank level. I don't know if there was like Diary of Anne Frank level, but we had Inglorious Bastards. Mm -hmm. Then there was there was that um, you know, Amanda Sternberg. Stenberg. Yeah. They had a film that was like her, the character that they played was like a girl who falls in love with like a Nazi. And then recently there was that Jojo Rabbit movie Mm -hmm. where the kids like a young part of the young Nazis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, but those are like like two, like the Glorious Bastards and then Jojo's Rabbit or Rabbit, yeah, Jojo's Rabbit or whatever. Like those are like, both, both of those are comics satirical comedies right just overall about like the nazis in world war ii and then um i know what movie you're talking about with uh with um with amandala and she, which she got a lot of flack for like why why would you want to be a part of this like and yeah overall, i didn't watch like, it. it yeah that was a very weird project in general um, she needed money but at the same time you don't see movies like about the Holocaust, where they're like explicitly showing, you know, people in gas chambers slowly dying or being, you know, 
executed single file and shot down and stuff like that like there again, is like those like again those movies have have like there have been movies which mm. have shown like you know stuff like those. that but again those are much older movies like mm. stuff coming out today out of Hollywood and stuff like um. that I mean like it's like every single movie that's been coming out recently has been about like slavery or civil rights or some other form of black pain and trauma and it's like can we have other movies like yeah like even like even if you want like even if you want an antebellum whatever slave movie the focus doesn't have to be on like how brutal and terrible our lives were you know you can just mm -hmm. focus on the fact that there are black people who existed through that time that weren't slaves you know what were they doing yeah yeah i think um whatchamacallit maybe they should just make these movies for white people and then white people could actually understand what the ancestors did like <laughs> yeah that's make it like a privatized saying. movie instead of making it public make it like all whites only <laughs> that'd be so bad um but yeah i don't think like we need any more for a while you know, because we still got a lot of past movies and even current movies where we could learn about that history. But there's so many histories of Black people. Like, we're not a monolith. And, you know, it's not just Black, you know, Black people in America who yeah. went through hard times. There's different countries that we could be talking about what they were doing during that time. Mm-hmm. What about the Haitian Revolution of how, like, they started, exactly. they helped America, like, which will get to his feet. Like exactly. what about Tucson things like that? If like we were, if you there. want to, if you want to create a movie, a black slave movie or something like that, why hasn't there been a blockbuster film about the Haitian Revolution? Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people just see it as a poor country, but like, like Haiti helped America to that, what it is. Exactly, that's I mean, the only successful, you know, slave revolt. All like slave revolt, as far as like, like an overthrow of the like the system that was like mm-hmm. the first ever where like the lower class you know completely overthrew you know mm-hmm. from like the slaves completely overthrew their ruling class and it was like the first black republic right yeah yeah um but there's no movie about it to this day and it's I very mean, inspirational there should there's be a movie no, about it there's no movie about it because because like even when it like after it happened they like the french and other people like made sure to crack down on other black people everywhere in retaliation so everybody's like Mm -hmm. this happened but never gonna happen again so like no white person or even even though like white people are like oh we're black allies no white person's gonna be like oh i'm gonna green light a project about the haitian revolution yeah because like Mm -hmm. a whole movie about black slaves but the black slaves are chopping off the heads are they slave masters and killing a whole bunch of white folk that's not happening again that could be a documentary we would definitely watch that but they no no yeah, yeah I wouldn't mean, hit no be- box office. But you see, here's my thing. We got Tyler Perry, we got Oprah, we got black 
billionaires okay there's a like, reason why I'm, they're billionaires they're they're black capitalists they know exactly. where the, <laughs> they know they, where their money comes from they profit mm. off of black exploitation so like think about like, tyler perry right like mm-hmm. think about early tyler perry like the tyler perry plays and then like the first like two first few medea films and tyler perry films up yeah. to like you know a diary of a mad black woman and then look mm-hmm. at look look at how much Tyler Perry had to like water down or like kind of mm-hmm. like like look at how the character of Medea changed and look at how like Tyler Perry the way he told his stories kind of shifted and became like a little watered down a little like whatever mm-hmm. because you know in order to become that billionaire and stuff like that he had to you know cater to and whatever for a white audience so Mm. there's a long there's a while we're like yeah there's a lot of like the Medea films are just they became like satires of themselves like Medea as a character is already like a like a man is like a a commentary she's kind of like inserted for like comedic value she's a comedic character but she also like she comments on the things that are going on Mm-hmm. in the in the world or whatever but mm-hmm. she almost became like a the character almost became a satire of itself after having to go through that hollywood engine so uh, yeah. yeah so yeah so even like their own creations had to be like watered down yeah had yeah, to be so had to conform for like a white gaze and white like, audience think mm. of how oprah's book club barely has writers of color on it like <gasps> so oh. like one of the green lights that like oprah and not a green light but a recent book that oprah had on her uh reading list was american dirt which is by a white woman mm-hmm. like it's about mexican people this white woman has Puerto Rican descent, but she's a white woman. Like, mm-hmm. no matter how Puerto Rican, she's white. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about the Mexican experience. And, like, before she wrote this book, she didn't even claim that she was Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. She claimed that she was pure white. I feel mm-hmm. like in the lead-up to the book, she's like, let me put a little spice in there so it looks like... <laughs> so it looks like i i meant to tell this story and then in the book she literally wrote something she's like you know somebody browner than me should have wrote this but you know i felt i felt like i needed to tell this story which is a totally like it's a lie Mm -hmm. it's a lie and of course white people and oprah ate it up yeah yeah but like there has to be others that actually care, though, because remember what happened with the, um, oh my God, what was it? The, I think it was the Nick Cannon situation. I feel like we talked about it in, in our episodes. But remember with the Nick Cannon situation when he's like, oh, black people have more melanin and that's why we're kind and stuff like that. No. And he ended up getting fired. We didn't talk about it. No. What? Yeah, but yeah, but even with the Nick Cannon situation, you know, it was like as soon as, as soon as you mentioned like whatever about whatever. That's he when he was like, he's, he gets fired from his own show that he created, right? 
-hmm. and Viacom is like doing like whatever. And he had to like nearly bend over backwards to like apologize to like the Jewish community and whatever other deals and stuff he had to sign in order to get his show back, right? And I bet you on his talk show, he's not going to mention the Rothschilds ever again. And he's probably not going to mention like whatever ever again. Yeah. So, but even with that, like I, I made that comment because like there were people in the, I guess the Twitter, the Twitter mm-hmm. comments who were like black creators who were like, don't worry, I'm going to help you get a job. Like, I, I think maybe I might be confusing the stories, but like, I no, feel I like Diddy the, said that it, he was like, hey, Diddy said can, that? yeah, I think, I think Diddy was like, yeah, we can bring Wallen out to Vibe to Revolt TV or some, something like that. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, there are black creatives who want to support black creatives and stuff like that. Um, and I think like their need, they need to like just come out more. You know what I mean? I guess mm-hmm. we could forget about the Oprahs and like the huge big timers, but like the ones who are still like I guess in the millionaires. That's like a lot of millionaires coming together to like actually make the type of movies and shows and stuff that we actually want. Like mm-hmm. it could work. We don't need oh, like. Oh no, it definitely could. You know what I mean? It can but work, they're not but- doing it. The fact that they're rich just makes, like, for me, it's like the fact that they're capitalists, they're rich, they're, I feel like no matter how much they try, no matter where they came from background, they'll never be able to live the regular Black experience anymore. Like, they're always going to be out of touch. But even beyond that, right, you know, the fact that they've accumulated so much wealth, right? Mm-hmm. In order to maintain that wealth, in order to not have that wealth threatened, mm-hmm. you know, there's a certain line and certain kind of, there's a very thin line that they have to walk if they choose, if they even choose to walk that line at all, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's like a very thin line between like, like a perfect example is like, Beyonce and Jay-Z, right? There's a lot of things they do behind closed doors as far as like, you know, uh, bailing out activists and doing other things, which, you know, don't get public, put on like the public face and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, for a very long time, like like Beyonce now, Oshun Beyonce, all the, like 10 yeah. years ago, Beyonce wasn't doing none of that. Right. Mm-hmm. It yeah. wasn't until Beyonce reached a level of international success and notoriety where it's like Bayhive is just so strong. strong around her where she can now come out and kind of do the things she wants to do and and like exist in her blackness the way she wants to exist in her blackness now mm-hmm. because at this point in time she has such a strong following that any other bullshit that whatever from like white executive blah blah blah, blah wouldn't affect her right yeah uh, combined her and jay-z are now billionaires right they can kind of they have like an entire mogul empire of different like brands and products and whatever right mm-hmm. and they have their hands at a whole lot of different things mm-hmm. right but yeah. You know, they kind of had to, like, walk very carefully, move very carefully trying to get up to that, you know? Mm, yeah. um, 
and again, sucks. but again, and again, they're still, and they, they're still capitalist. And then at the end of the day, they're still capitalist. You know, say they, uh, they do a lot behind the scenes, but, you know, Jay-Z still gets criticized about some of the moves he makes, particularly when it came to like, you know, the, the Barclays Center and with Tidal and different things like that, where it's like, you're selling, trying to sell black people on this product, excuse me, on the strength that like, you know, it's black owned or this or that. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, you know, Jay-Z only owns like a percentage, but in black people's mind, it's just like, oh man, this is going to be this black owned thing and it's going to help us in our community or whatever. But like, you know, the Barclays Center, that was its own like mess, right? The thing mm-hmm. with Tidal, it's like that has its own rocky thing as well. So, and then of course, the that partnership BS thing that Jay-Z was trying to do with the NFL mm-hmm. during like with Kaepernick and during like last year and stuff like that. Or was it, I think it was the year before 2019. There's a lot of missteps with that because at the end of the day, they still have a goal of like trying to accumulate as much wealth as they possibly can from themselves and their families. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm just kind of like, when it comes to black millionaires and billionaires, just being like, you know, F it, F the system, and we're going to fund all these black creatives to create the type of black art, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, cool, they could do that. And we could probably make an entire industry unto Love ourselves <clears throat> if, you know, enough of them decided to do that. Right. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it could sell very, very well because we create amazing content. Don't think. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But. I'm surprised they didn't even think of that, though. Yeah, but but an action like that is going to threaten all of their it's going to threaten their wealth because you know the system is going to want to put them in their place or shut down this this whatever and that's going to threaten their wallets that's going to threaten you know their bags so wow. they tend to like skirt away from that. That sucks. It's like, no matter how hard we climb, we still fall. Well, we didn't talk about what we originally planned to talk about. Yeah, but, we just wanted to rant! But I think we had a great discussion. What, did, what about you guys? I did too, but can I just like... Yeah, I think okay. so. I think we had a good discussion. Don't forget, you can always interact with us on social media. Please feel free to follow us on all of the socials. We are on Instagram and Twitter at mm-hmm. Cozy Chat Pod. And if you have, you know, any suggestions or you just want to, you know, chat it up with us, you can always send us an email at cozychatpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We would really appreciate all the support, liking, sharing, subscribing, you know, rating the podcast on whichever, you know, platform that you choose to listen really is like the number one and best way that you can support the podcast right you know at the moment we don't really ask for any donations we're just we're just here doing our thing and we enjoy doing what we do um but the best way to support the podcast you know is to share the podcast and to like share subscribe and do all the social things right so feel free to interact with us 
Yes, please. We will answer you. We don't ignore people here. <laughs> yeah. Shoot us a DM. Mm-hmm. Slide in our DMs yes. <laughs> in the good way, though. But don't, yeah, don't be sending any inappropriate stuff because we will block you. will be blocked. So or will we? No, yeah, we definitely will. <laughs> yeah. um, and do you guys have any personal social medias you want to share with the audience? Yes, I do. So, um, as you guys know, Maxine here. I am on Instagram. I have two accounts now. One, Maxine underscore Antoine. And then the second one is my comedy page, which I am still trying to post stuff, um, called What the Baba. And um, I'm on Facebook as NBA Productions NJ. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like three different accounts, and they don't match my name entirely. But, yeah. Oh, I'm also on YouTube as Maxine Antoine. That's the only thing that's stay the same yeah but yeah follow me on all of those because i might have dope things coming out yeah i hope don't worry guys (laughs) she's definitely gonna have dope things coming out because she always has amazing projects coming out so (laughs) definitely follow her and stay tuned thank you (laughs) and then you can follow me this is sasha at sash underscore marguerite on instagram twitter and i think that's the same for tiktok you're on the tiktok yeah i'm like i don't post much but i'm looking forward to interacting with people and posting more yeah yeah i'm on the tiktok too i forgot about that at what the baba okay yeah. <laughs> i am not on tiktok Um, maybe maybe i'll get on tiktok i don't know we'll see but for now you can catch me on twitter and instagram at young royalty 580 and that's basically it (laughs) Um, you know definitely feel free to check us out you know and don't forget to follow the show page at cozy chat pod on instagram and twitter and thank you for being here with us today. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you for all tuning of you guys. in. We love you. Presents for everybody. Virtually, because we don't have money. You <laughs> <laughs> will always be in our thoughts. And, and our prayers. hearts. In our hearts. Amen. Yeah. Ashe, ashe, ashe. Mm-hmm. All right. We will see you guys next time. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.